TheWellnessCouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. Welcome to The Wellness Guys Show with wellness experts Dr. Lawrence Tam, Dr. Damien Kristoff, and Dr. Brett Hill. Welcome to The Wellness Guys. I'm Lawrence Tam. I'm Damien Kristoff. And I'm Brett Hill. And this is The Wellness Guys Show, a weekly show dedicating bringing wellness to our lives. And today... We are actually on a topic that we have never explored before. Damien actually was uh, just talking about this, that he met a friend of his that uh, owns one of these. Um, Damien, you had a conversation, an interesting conversation about uh, 24-hour gyms. Now, we've seen these gyms pop up all over Australia. Mm. You know, over the last few years, I see it in, uh, you know, every suburb now. It's almost like, you know, it's just popular. Whereas, you know, I would say four or five years ago, you know, you would see one that came out, but uh, now... Everywhere, you know, when I was in Perth, it was 24-hour gyms were all over the place. So what was the conversation uh, and how did he get involved in it? And we'll talk a little bit about, uh, you know, what our thoughts are about 24-hour gyms. Damien, let's talk about your friend. All right. He, cool. um, what was the conversation like? So it was great. Good. Uh, very interesting guy. This guy um, got into partnerships with different gyms, particularly a franchise here in Melbourne. And is, is a part owner of a number of different franchises of this particular Gym name. I won't mention it because we're not going to promote any gyms tonight, um, or today, or this afternoon. <laughs> I don't want to date stamp this, you know, podcast. But uh, I, when I was speaking to him, I, I was fascinated because 20, 20 odd years ago, twenty four years ago, he got into running gyms um, and, and working in gyms and being a trainer, all that sort of stuff. And it seems like such a long time ago, but he was probably, I suppose, a pioneer in you know the big group gym sort of environment and. Just, I suppose, due to pressure because, you know, all these other gyms that are specialist 24-hour gyms have opened up and they only do 20, they're just 24 hours. Like, that's what, they, that's what they're promoted as. He's had to adapt his model to include 24-hour access to his gyms, plural. So across the board throughout Melbourne, he's had to change his gyms over to be 24 hours. And I was like, wow, far out. Like, what are the implications for that? And the, I mean, the first thing I asked him was, do people actually exercise late at night? And he told, he told me the story that they couldn't get the doors open with the swipe card. So he had to go in one day um, and he was there from 8 o'clock at night until about 5 o'clock or 6 o'clock the next morning. And he said that people were coming in and using the gym until about 2, 2.30 and they went quiet. And then at 5 o'clock, it just went mental again. So I was really surprised that people were using it that late at night. So obviously... There was more conversation that went on about safety, about what sort of exercises they're doing, what's the equipment that they tend to use. Um, is it mainly guys? Is it mainly girls? All those sorts of things you know, that, that I suppose these are the questions you want to know. We spoke about all of that sort of stuff in this great environment last night with friends down near the beach. Well, and that's probably a reflection on society in general, I guess, isn't it, Damien? I mean, there's so many more people now who do shift work, who who work yeah. nights, who, you know, press work at the mines and are, you know, 24 hours on, 24 hours, you know, yeah. all these different jobs where people are, are not doing your nine to five anymore, I guess means that there are people doing stuff, you know, for some people that's, they've just woken up in the morning and that's 2am or it's midnight or whatever, because their body clock is set completely different because of our modern society, I guess. Yeah, good call. Great call, Brett. And I mean, often, I don't know if you guys have had this before, but I've had practice members ask me, how should they live their life if they're working shift work? And I say, you should live your life the same as what anybody else would on a normal day. So if you wake up in the afternoon and you've got to get ready to go to work, then you should wake up, go do your exercise, come back, eat your breakfast, and then get on with the day as if, with the same timings, as if the sun was rising and falling at the same as anybody else. So you need to use block out blinds, all that sort of stuff. And 
of course, in living a normal, healthy, well life, you've still got to exercise. And so it means that if they want to be involved in gyms, they've got to have access to it outside of hours. Mm, that's for sure. I mean, that's the thing, like, especially when I was living in Western Australia, there's so many people that do, you know, fly and fly out and also, you know, shift working. And it's really, really tough to kind of get that exercise in, in the right place in the right time. And, and so, you know, you know, where production and dust industries are working in 24 hours, 24 seven nowadays, it's very difficult to kind of maintain that rhythm. So I think having these 24 hour gyms allows access. Now I'm sure 24 hours gyms started as a marketing, you know, uh, a unique point of difference, yeah, right? Sure. You know, there's uh, CrossFit gyms, there are gyms that only have, you know, cycle, uh, remember the days when there's just cycling, spin, um, spin class. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then there's, you know, aerobic classes and, and so now this, the, the thing is that one person decided to go, let's open a 24-hour gym. And, uh, you know, you have access to whenever you want. And now you have all these gyms popping up. And so it's just another point of difference. Now, it's no different than late-night shopping or shopping centers. Yeah. Uh, it's no, you know, like especially Christmas oh, time. We can talk all... about that now, can't you? Because you yeah. live in Sydney. <laughs> <laughs> you never had that in Perth. <laughs> That's true. That is true. I remember true. the surprise uh, in your eyes when we went, I think we were in Melbourne. We were in Melbourne. And we might have been down Chapel Street or somewhere. And you've gone... Is Coles still open? It was at 11 o'clock at night. And I remember that uh, you were so shocked because in Perth, they don't have that. Well, I still remember when I was a kid. I was probably like 13, 14 years old, probably 13 (laughs) years old when I was in Canada. And when they had, there was a big fight on Sunday shopping, you know, like that's just going back, you know, 18 years ago. And then when I went to Perth and we didn't have Sunday shopping when I first moved there, it was like, it was a pretty, it's like moving to a small town. But anyways, uh, (laughs) going back to 24 hours. Now they have 24 hour gyms though. So that's, uh, they're, they're right on target. Um, I think the key, though, is that there, there's a couple different things. I think there's those people who actually, like for me personally, um, I when I, I used to go to gyms, and I, you know, you sign up to go to a gym and you do your thing, but I recognized that I couldn't go to gyms on my own because um, I just don't do any work. I mean, the work that I'm supposed to do. You know, I waste time. You know, I drag on the next set. I just can't get motivated. And that's when I realized that was my entire my weakness. That's my in, inherent weakness. I needed someone to kind of guide me, to push me, to make sure, just basically tell me what to do. You need a trainer. Uh, so for me, I needed a trainer. Yeah. And uh, so a 24-hour gym for me would not, wouldn't work in that sense. But, you know, for a guy like Brett, you know, I'm sure he can kind of, he probably works 24, he works out 24-7. Look at him. Uh, <laughs> oddly, oddly. <laughs> but uh, Brett, let's, let's go back to you for a second. Like, what are your thoughts on 24-hour gyms? Like, in terms of, you know, what, how can someone make it successful, um, you know, when they're working on their own? Because most likely these gyms don't actually have someone there. They actually get a, I, yeah. I believe, I've never been to one, so I can't really comment. But I believe that you, you get an access code and you go in and um, you get to work on your own. How can someone make it successful? Yeah, well, first of all, I think they're a fantastic idea. I think it's excellent that there is a gym available to people 24 hours a day so you know, so that no matter how busy you are, so no matter what shifts you do, no matter what your schedule is, no matter what your other commitments are, there's always an opportunity there for you to go in and to train at the gym. And, and for some people, they feel like they need that gym environment to do their exercise and they like having the various different machines and, and whatever it is. And so you know, I think... Whatever it is that helps make it easier for people to get out there and exercise, that's a great thing. You know, we know that in our society we're way too sedentary. We don't move enough. We don't exercise enough. So anything that's making it easier for people to get started and to get moving I think is a fantastic thing. All right? Obviously, you know, the thing with the 24-hour gyms is, as you said, you don't have that personal trainer. So you know, obviously you might miss out on some of that motivational aspect. You know, As opposed to group fitness, say, you might miss out on some of that 
expectancy, I guess. You know, when you're in a group and everyone else expects you to be there and it kind of helps motivate you to get along and get to your fitness. Because you know that if I don't go on Tuesday, when I go on Thursday, they're going to give me grief. They're going to heckle (laughs) me about it. You know, so so you miss out on that aspect of it. But I guess probably even more importantly, you miss out on some of that that skill set, set stuff. You know, the quality of your movement. You're not having a personal trainer there helping you, making sure you're doing stuff in the right way and with the right technique and all of that sort of stuff. And and I guess because you don't have that, then you also end up using a lot more machines, you know, because it's a lot harder to get it wrong, you know, using one of those pec machines where you, you know, you butterfly your arms in, you know, it's a lot harder to get it wrong and to injure yourself in the short term doing that mm. than it is, say, doing a bench press. You know, there's a lot more room for variability. There's a lot more room for error using free weights as opposed to using the machines. And so whilst that means that it might be a bit safer for people initially as they're getting started and as they're learning to do it, you know, long term you might not be teaching yourself the best movement patterns by using those machines instead of using the free weights because you're not incorporating some of that instability into it. Therefore, you're not stimulating your core in the same way. You're not using your whole body in the same way that you otherwise might if you were using more free weights. So I think definitely if you are going to be going to one of these 24-hour gyms, and, and from my understanding, most of them still do have some free weights and stuff there, then... You know, you might just want to go in there, but start using some more of the other stuff, doing some more whole body stuff, using some more free weights so that you can incorporate some more of that functional movement rather than just relying on the machines. And and that might mean when you get started, you might want to get a trainer to help you out because you might want someone to help you, you know, get the basics right, show you what the right technique is, you know, learn where your weaknesses are, learn what stuff you need to work on um, so that you can then go away and work on it yourself. I mean, most of my exercise I do by myself I, I tend to work out just at home um, just doing some simple sort of functional stuff I don't tend to go in and do a gym because I don't do a lot of I don't use a lot of weights I don't use a lot of equipment so I can find I can do it from home and I, and I find it easier to do that than having to get up and go to somewhere and you know do the exercise and then come home um, but, well, that's but I think when, those that's are the sort of things to the, think about that's because you live in the bush and that's easy you know you can find logs and stuff and <laughs> rocks to carry but you know he doesn't breakfast he used to he's, he's um he's moved to the upmarket cave these days so it's, uh, it's very different <laughs> what, I, what the, but just before you go on to I, mean, I just want to add to that because i think as humans we kind of go to the path of least resistance right and so one typically as we you know do weight training we we often um we kind of go through a, a, a when we actually do weights we kind of just we cheat, you know, and sometimes we don't realize we're cheating, you know, especially in, in terms of a movement. And without having someone there to watch you, um, to actually do it correctly, you actually lose the benefit of that particular movement. And so many times I've actually, you know, done a particular movement, you know, either doing some squats or doing a lift and they say, no, 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 you got to go deeper or you just got to go, you know, you got to, you know, move that wrist or a little, whatever it is. And you start to recognize going, holy crap, that's actually a lot harder. It's not meant to be yeah. this hard, you know, in you my mind. I've and done that so, with the trainer and literally, Lawrence, we're doing squats with a broomstick. But he yeah. was making sure I had my technique absolutely right and I was firing all the right muscles in all the right way. And I was sweating bullets and in agony trying to lift a broomstick up and down during squats because when yeah. you start doing it right, it can be immensely harder. Mm. Well, it's crazy. I mean, Damien, like you're a naturopath and you talk about, you know, I'm sure you've experienced this many times when clients come to you or people generally goes, oh, I have uh, this problem so therefore I've just been doing this. I'm taking some vitamin Cs or da, da, da. And they start kind of self-diagnose and they self-treat themselves because mm. they think they know what's best because they've heard from you know from their mother or from their grandfather or whatever and so but what we miss is that fundamental we we miss the the foundation 
um, of, of anything, like in terms of, you know, in, I guess I was talking to you more from a, from a naturopathic point of view. But in exercise, there's some key foundations that we actually have to learn. Wouldn't you agree that one of the key things there is to focus on the foundation and get it right first before you try to venture into doing those exercises on your own? Oh, sure. Well, that would, that would make absolute sense. It's the, it's the same as anything, I suppose, LT. You know, learning the fundamentals. But can I just say, and I'm not going to detract at all from that question because I'll come back to it, LT. What, I'm, what I've found with the people that are going to these gyms, one, it's for, you know, it's because it suits the timing of their lifestyle. Another reason why people are going to these gyms is because they don't want to be in a busy gym, a busy packed gym. And so they go at a time that, you know, there's no one else around, which is, you know, kind of nice. I like to just exercise in their own space. But the other thing is, too, that it's very safe to be inside a gym in a locked environment where there's, you know, cameras watching what you're doing to make sure that, you know, there's no no one else, you know, following you around or doing the wrong things, um, unlike being in the streets these days. So there's definitely a benefit, you know, in that safety thing. So... Whilst, Bretto, you're suggesting that people should go and do more whole body exercise and maybe get the free rate thing going, some of these people only go to these gyms just to jump on a treadmill um, or go on the stepper. And that's all they do. Um, And it's because they would normally otherwise go outside for a run. It's just that they can't because of the time of the day that they're going out. It's a bit too dangerous or they don't feel safe. Um, So in that regard... Should they maybe be running on the spot or should they be using a trampoline? Or What's your advice around that, Bretto? Well, first of all, I'd, I'd agree with you, Damo. I think that, that it's great for people who want to be able to do that. It is a safe environment, you know, all those things. So, you know, for those people, if that's what gets them going and that's what gets them doing some movement, I think that's fantastic. I think, great, like, go do it. Like Lawrence said, we do tend to take the path of least resistance. So let's make it easy on ourselves. And, and you know, you're better off doing that than doing nothing 100%. You know, mm. so so if that's what you're doing, great, go for it. But, yeah, like you said, you, you might then want to play around with that. Once you've gotten the hang of that and you're doing it well, we know that, you know, if you want to keep progressing and if you want to even just maintain your level of fitness, you need to kind of keep st- – stimulating your body you need to actually stress your body a little bit in order to grow and improve so you know once you've got the hang of that you might want to start thinking about how you can add other things into it and that might be as you said just make it a bit more functional you know i think running on the spot would be better than running on the treadmill um and but some people feel a bit weird about doing that you know just running on the spot um but but you might want to just start incorporating some of those other things you might just want to do you know some air squats you might just want to do a plank you might just want to do some lunges you know just some simple whole body exercises where you can just start getting a bit more out of it, you know, so you can just start to step it up to that next level. So I think it's all about just, you know, doing that that next comfortable level. So you can just stretch yourself that little bit more and start to expand upon it. And I think that's really important for people. So, you know, if if going in and getting on that treadmill is working for you and that's getting you doing something you wouldn't otherwise be doing, then great, go for it. You know, if you want to expand upon that, you don't need to even leave your 24-hour gym. You can still do all these other things within the confines of that and the safety in the lit nature of that 24-hour gym without a problem, I reckon. Mm, mm, mm. So, Brett, uh, let's uh, let's stretch this out a little bit. Let's let's take that well, your idea, what you just said about doing air squats and stuff. Let's think about the person who is going into this gym, who you know have a little bit of understanding of the basic fundamentals of exercise. Uh, wants to go out, uh, wants to be in a gym environment because obviously either through safety, because it's the right timing, and it's open, it's bright, it's you know got everything that they need. They don't have it at home. They don't have the opportunity at home because they don't want to wake up the kids, you know, or bother the wife or, you know, bother the husband or whatever it is. They're in the gym using the typical gym equipment that's actually there. What would you suggest they can do 
that's modified to your standard of exercise. Yeah, well, I think often it's just about adding a little bit extra in. So let's say you are that person Damo spoke about who's just coming in and using the treadmill, which is, I don't want to say just using the treadmill because that's fantastic. That's great. Um, but if you're feeling comfortable with that and you feel like you want to stretch yourself a little bit more, you might just come in and before you get on the treadmill, do a little warm-up. And so your warm-up might be, I'm just going to do five air squats, I'm going to do five push-ups, I'm going to do five lunges, and I'm going to plank for 20 seconds. You know, just something simple like that. So you do that, and then you get on your treadmill. You do whatever you'd usually do. You come back at the end, and you do your warm down, and you do those same little routine of exercises. So you're just adding a little bit more. You're just making it a bit more functional. You're adding in some resistance to that by using your body weight. So you're developing some of that lean muscle mass, which is going to help with your metabolism. It's going to help with your stress levels. It's going to enable you to get a more well-rounded fitness out of it. So just add a little bit in. Or you know, if you're the person who comes in and you're using the, the pec decks that we spoke about before, then maybe instead of doing that, you might just incorporate some push-ups. And, and whichever level of push-up you're at, you know, you might be doing your push-up against the wall. You might be doing your push-up, you know, leaning against some of the equipment. You might be doing it on your knees or a full push-up or, you know, you might be going right out there and doing a one-handed push-up or a, you know, a handstand push-up, you know, depending on what level you're at in your fitness. But or don't Brett's think- uh, one-finger push-up. Right. The, the only reason I say those more advanced ones is because some people will be listening thinking, yeah, but I do my bench press and I bench press 100 kilos or whatever weight they're bench pressing. And they think, well, you know, doing it without weights isn't going to be enough for me. But actually, if you do some of those modified versions, you can get more than enough resistance using just a, a plain push-up and your body weight. And you're using your whole body. You're firing your glutes. You're firing your abs. You're firing all those other muscles. They're going to make that a more functional, better workout. So, so just start thinking about how you can adapt those exercises you are doing on the machines to do them in a more functional way using your whole body. And, and usually that's off of the machines. Brett, there's been people for generations, years and years and years, who have used only machines, um, and they haven't done any injuries. And there's an interesting stat that I read recently uh, with regards to one of the more trendy functional movement uh, styles of exercise, that 76% of all attendees to this particular style of exercise have injured themselves to the extent that they've had to take time off work. Now... I don't think that the machines cause that degree of injury. In fact, if they did, I'm sure that most gyms would be closed. So I know that we often talk about functional fitness and functional movement patterns and and being primal in movement patterns, but is it really that dangerous for people to, you know, continue to use machines and, you know, move muscles in one plane? Yeah, I actually think it is, Damien. And I'll explain this to you. I I think, um, you know, there's probably a couple of factors that come into that, okay? Mm. Um, one of them is that I think a lot of the people using the machines, they're not, they're not going to get injured actually using the machine because that's not the problem. So they don't get injured at the gym. The problem is that they're learning bad movement patterns at the gym. They're not developing their core stability. They're not developing their muscle recruitment patterns or firing patterns because they are just doing that one plane of movement. So then when they get outside of the gym, that's actually when they're getting injured. When they start to do real-world activities that don't exist just in one plane, that's when they can tend to get issues and get injured. Um, the other factor that comes into that is it's about how much exercise you're doing. All right? So if you are like Lawrence and you're just you know on the treadmill strolling along reading your iPad and you know responding to a few emails, <laughs> you're, not gonna crawl, you're probably not going to injure yourself, right? But if you are in one of these uh, you know, injure, you know, exercise groups, where you are doing a much higher level of exercise, you're using a much higher intensity, then obviously you're going to increase your risk of getting injured. But, you know, I kind of look at that like I look at driving a car. You know, 
I'd be less likely to die on the road if I didn't drive a car, but driving a car actually helps me get to where I want to go, you know, and I kind of think the same way about fitness, that, yeah, I'm going to be less likely to injured if I do less fitness, if I do less exercise, if I do, you know, perhaps simpler stuff, but if I really want to get performance out of my body, if I really want to be healthy, if I really want to be able to go out into the real world and kind of do whatever I want to do and play and have fun, then I need to develop a different level of fitness and a different level of intensity and a different level of capability to be able to do that. And so that might mean that I need to go a bit harder at the gym. It might mean that I'm more likely to get injured at the gym because I'm going harder at the gym. But I don't necessarily see that as a bad thing. Um, that where it can become a bad thing, and I think this does often happen in some of these exercise groups, is where that real competitive nature comes into it and they really start focusing just on the pure numbers and, and so rather than about, you know, how many of these exercises can I do with good form, it's about how many of these exercises can I do in a certain time frame. And, and the form kind of gets lost. And so the, the key, I think, to that, to doing that better is about really having a focus on your form. You know, you stop when you can't do the exercise in good form. You don't stop when you can't possibly do any anymore, regardless of form. And I think that's where a lot of people get it wrong. They, they keep exercising. They keep trying to push themselves, often because of the competitive nature and often because of the ego that comes in as a result of that as well. They push themselves beyond what they're actually capable of doing. And so they, they go beyond their capabilities and cause themselves injuries. So I think form is a really important component of that too. Hmm. Okay, fair enough. So... And I've just been, I'm, I'm, I mean, I wholeheartedly agree with the functional fitness, wholeheartedly agree, 100%. I'm just, uh, I'm, I suppose I'm playing a bit of devil's advocate here, Brené, because people will be possibly listening to this who haven't yet uh, started doing much functional fitness or functional move patterns. They're not climbing trees or, you know, doing a lot of free weights um, and not, you know, necessarily running barefoot. You know, they're still using their big fat Nikes or their puffy ASICs or whatever they've got and uh, and they're running on treadmills. Now, yes, it might increase their risk of um, of injury from doing other movements, but it is a good thing to be doing. And I know that Lawrence just said before that, you know, humans often take the path of least resistance, and you agreed. And, uh, and when we do take the path of least resistance, that's going to predispose us to even more injury, of course, isn't it? So what would be the warning signs for somebody who's doing these mechanical type movements um, in single planes um, you know what what would be a warning sign if they had no idea that they were losing their form what would be another warning sign to alert them to the fact that maybe they 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 should maybe exercise outside those regular planes of movement um, or maybe incorporate something different yeah it's a good it's a good question and it's a tricky one too I guess to be able to measure and monitor I mean probably one of the best ones is posture you know, because if you if you are doing, you know, you see these guys all the time who spend all their time on the pec deck. They build up these massive pecs, but what ends up happening is they're really strong on the front. Their shoulders round in, their head starts to slump forward, and it really affects their posture. I mean, as chiropractors, we see this all the time. You know, sometimes that's because of dysfunction in their spine, which obviously, as chiropractors, we help people out with. But sometimes because of in, an imbalance in their workout as well. So having a look at your posture can give you one indication of that. Um, you know, one of the best indicators of your likelihood of having back pain in the future is the order at which your muscles fire at. I remember speaking to Heidi Taylor, who's a fantastic chiropractic researcher from New Zealand, and she was talking about this, and she did a big study in this, actually, which was really cool. Um, But what, what they were looking at was, essentially, if I move my arms, then what should actually happen? My body's really clever, and what my body actually should do is, before my arm even moves, my abs should fire. Right, so my core stabilizing muscles should fire before anything in the periphery. 
right? And so you can start to look at these movement patterns and whether your body is doing that right. And if your abs don't fire before your arms, that's one of the best predictors there is of future chance of getting back pain in the future. Now, that's a really hard thing for people, for someone to, I guess, figure out for themselves. You know, it's a split second thing that happens super quick. So you're not necessarily going to know if you've lost these movement patterns. You're not necessarily going to know um, whether your muscles are firing in the right order. You know, that might be something where you do go to a really good functional fitness trainer. I mean, one of the guys I've worked with here in Adelaide, Duncan, who's just fantastic, and and he will pick that in like a second. He'll look at you doing exercises and say, no, this muscle is firing before that one before that one that's completely the wrong way around this should fire then this and he'll actually work with you and you know push on the muscles and help you see what the muscle is because because often you don't even know what it's supposed to feel like often you don't even some of them as i was working with him this was years ago but as i first started working with him i didn't even know how to fire some of the muscles he was trying to get me to fire like i literally had no concept of how to switch that muscle on so a lot of the time, you don't know what you don't know. And and probably, I've probably answered it there. I think probably the best way to do that is to find a really good functional fitness trainer that can do a bit of an assessment on you and see what your form and your techniques like through various different functional movements to test your capability and whether you are functioning right and whether you are firing your muscles in the right way at the right time. Mm. Just nice. a correction is Heidi Havlick, um, not Taylor. Um, from New Zealand, which, you know, she's fantastic with the research. So, um, but more importantly, too, I mean, what you're talking about these 24-hour gyms where, you know, what with the original topic is, is very similar to, you know, for all, for those of us who actually travel, right? When we travel and we go to, um, mm. you know, into a different city or go to a different part of the world and we we're in, in a hotel. And when you go to a hotel gym, <laughs> most of the time, 90%, 95% of the time, it's just basic, the basic gym equipment. You know, that's why I asked you the original questions because, you know, what do you do with the basic gym equipment? Because there's, there's, there's things that you can do um, that could modify it rather than just doing the linear movements that you talked about. And, you know, like something like, you know, just, you know, just a bar, you know, just grabbing that bar and actually being able to just lift yourself, you know, and just doing some pull-ups are, are just fantastic ways of just doing something. I think it's really important that even in your own um, hotel room, you can actually just go and do some stuff, even push-ups. Even just like, you know, doing 100 push-ups, you know, in different variations, either going 20, in 20 reps and, and five times or even just doing, you know, 50 at a time or whatever it is that you're doing, getting moving, just moving your body in general going when you're actually, you know, when you're traveling or, um, you know, whether you're working in different hours and going to these 24 hours, it doesn't really matter. I think the whole goal is do something that's actually productive to get the result. The result is fitness. The result is getting stronger, is getting fitter so that you don't um, and you actually get yourself in a position to prevent these injuries. Wouldn't you agree with that? Yeah, and, and a couple of uh, resources I know I've spoken about before, Lawrence, but there, there's an app you can get on your phone called You Are Your Own Gym, mm. and uh, and that's fantastic. It. it has all these whole body functional movements. It'll time it for you. It'll record it for you, like the whole way. It, it gives you videos. It gives you, you know, it shows you exactly how it's supposed to look, everything. Now, that's a really cool one. Um, one of the other ones I've got... Uh, that I sort of have a printout of that I look at every now and then is a printout. I just Googled it online and it's cross, they call them CrossFit travel workouts. So they're kind of in that CrossFit style, but it, essentially it's almost like CrossFit, but without the heavy weights. So it's, it's doing whole body functional movements. And, and actually a lot of the time I like them better than the actual CrossFit workouts. The travel workouts are really cool because it's all just whole body functional movement without necessarily the huge, you know, heavy weights and the the intense timing and you know the need to maintain your form whilst trying to do that. You know, I really like their travel workouts. Some of them are pretty full on. Some of them are a bit too full on for me, but but you know, you can adapt them as well and, and make some really cool workouts out of those. 
even in confined space, you know, doing burpees or push-ups, you know, and I love that app. You are you are your gym, own gym. It's just a fantastic app that uh, you can just take some of those ideas and apply it, and can really just cause a, a you know a great workout. Just you know, just as long as you're not jumping on you know the roof of someone else's under room underneath. But overall, it's fantastic. And I think this is the whole point. This podcast is just really just kind of moving to people to move. Do something productive. Get your body uh, into to a functional state so that you can develop the the, the fitness that you desire. So, I'm just going to say that um, when I was talking with this guy last night, um, I asked him questions about safety. So I know that we're getting close to the end of of this podcast, but I just wanted to say that these the people that are running these gyms have taken so many steps to make sure that it's safe. So they've got um, equipment in there that'll actually um, video what's actually going on. At the touch of a button, the owners and anybody else can actually have a look inside the gym using their phone. Um, they can actually turn on um, you know, different types of cameras in different rooms to be able to make sure that everything's being monitored and everyone's safe. They've also got these special uh, safety alarms um, that if there is an injury or you hurt yourself and the only person that's in, in there, if you're the only person that's in there, you're meant to wear something around your neck. And so when you wear this thing around your neck, if you hurt yourself and you can't get up, bang, you push this thing, the ambulance will arrive, uh, the owners are alerted, they all rock up and you're all you know, well looked after. Um, and there's you know, multiple points around the gym that uh, is for an emergency or if someone's hurt. So there are these different alarms. It's very secure, it's very safe, and so there's a lot of benefit. There's, you know, it's usually air-conditioned, there's television, so it's all the creature comforts. It's just you've got this tiny little gym or a big, massive gym at your disposal to use at your own will whenever you like, which is, in my opinion, a fabulous thing to have access to. Absolutely. And do you know what the other thing I want to say on that, Damo, is when we're talking about safety, yep. the most dangerous thing I reckon you can do is not exercise. Yeah, yeah. So let's go. put it in perspective. That's is it. that you know, exercising is a fantastic thing to do, whatever it is that you're doing. And you know, the most dangerous thing you can do is not do it, because that's really dangerous. Yeah, it's great to it's great to have these gyms available for, you know, all types of people because you know, the world is changing very fast and we have all type different types of workers and all different types of people and some people just love being up at nighttime and uh and it just allows them an opportunity to go work out in a safe environment. So guys, I hope you enjoyed this podcast. I hope you guys get out there and like Brett said, go out there and exercise. Just move your body and that's uh, what we hope for you uh in this new year. So like us on Facebook. Uh we're on Facebook.com slash the wellness guys and also the wellness couch. Share this podcast with your friends, families, and other strangers you think you need a wellness update. Subscribe to us on iTunes, and while you're there, leave a five-star rating and leave a comment on iTunes there. Until next week, begin creating wellness into your lives. Lead by example, and let's change the world's health together. Join us next week on The Wellness Guy Show. Hi, it's Damien Christoph here. 2015 marks perhaps the most important event the Wellness Couch has ever conducted. We've had two sold-out wellness summits these last years, but honestly, nothing will come close to our first ever wellness breakthrough. Your favorite Wellness Couch experts, the Up For A Chat girls, Quirky Cooking is Joe Whitten, Stu Hayes, Marcus Pierce, and of course the Wellness Guys are all gathering in Dandong Ranges for three days and two nights for one incredible event. If you want possibly the greatest peer group in health and wellness to help you catapult your life to the next level, then we'd love to see you at the Wellness Breakthrough in February. For more information, go to www.thewellnesscouch.com. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.